Welcome to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast, a show about discovering the true human potential. Let's dive deep into physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. When you listen to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast, you're supporting wildland firefighters and their mental health journey. So thank you, and I appreciate you. Please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast so I can become the best podcaster I can be. You can become a Patreon, which means donating $10 a month will get you two free rollers of essential oils or $50 a month, and that's one free coaching session per month. So I want you to subscribe and leave a review so I can become the best podcaster possible. Thank you, and I appreciate you. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have Lauren Patterson here. She's a author of Freeing Your Heart for Love, and she has this amazing story of overcoming depression, suicidal thoughts, failed marriages, and really coming out the other side into self-love. And, and her journey is so powerful. I had to get her on the show. So Lauren, can you can you tell us a little more about yourself and kind of tell us how you kind of got where you are now? I mean, what was the journey like? Yes. Thank you for having me on the show and uh, being able to share my message. Um, really, I I kind of started my journey um, at the age of 16. Um, I had my first suicidal thoughts of, of uh, depression, and I didn't really know where all of that was coming from. I just knew that I was sad and that I didn't want to be here on this earth. Um, and I remember, you know, looking up at the big, beautiful sky, you know, pretty much begging the sky to take my life. Um, I, I grew up in an abusive uh, and toxic environment. So I grew up with a lot of chaos and a really kind of unloving environment. And I kind of took that um, into my teens. I married at the age of 17 to my first husband. And I kind of took that um, type of behavior into my adulthood. And I kind of just, um, you know, I, I went through three marriages. I um, overcame severe suicidal depression. I almost took my life in my 30s. So the suicide didn't go away for a very long time, the suicide feelings. And I kind of, uh, in April of last year, what I did was I realized it was now time to write a book um, about my life. I talked about it for over a decade, but I wasn't ready to write it yet. I didn't transform my life into what I want it to be, which is true happiness and love. It took me 29 years to find that. And in April of last year, I joined a virtual writing workshop just for fun. And I started doing the writing prompts about my life. And I just was overcome with all this emotion that I didn't know where that was coming from. And I kind of just opened up my computer without an outline, without a plan. And I just started writing my book and finished in December of last year. And I, you know, basically talk about how I found self-love for myself, uh, because like I said, it took me 29 years. I um, went through three marriages. I'm married now to the love of my life, but I didn't really know what love was until I started loving myself. And so I kind of, you know, opened up my heart to that. And that's when my husband came into my life. Um, but, you know, I, I just started practicing positive affirmations. I started reconditioning my mind to see the positive side of life instead of the negative, which is what I grew up in as a child. And so that really helped me um, see things differently and transform my life into true happiness and love. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. And and thank you for sharing. And, and I appreciate your story so much because, you know, right around that age for me too, around 16, I had the same or similar kind of depression, suicidal thoughts, drug use. I went through a really hard time as a teenager. And, and so it's, and, and to me, it's just so important to talk about that because there's so many people out there suffering in silence. And, and I just want to thank you for, for your story, for your book and, and everything that you're doing. And, and I do want to ask you a little bit more about, I mean, the depression and suicide, you know, if you're willing to talk about that, what was that really like? Just so people out there that are listening, you know, they can resonate a little bit. Yeah. So when I was 16, I actually ran away from home. I ended up marrying the guy I ran away with um, just to because I thought that was going to be my happy. You know, if I got out of this toxic environment, you know, he's going to make me happy. And I really grew up in an environment. My parents were both mentally and physically abusive. I uh, didn't grow up with my siblings. We were split up because my parents divorced when we were young. So it was a broken family. Um, but my mom, I don't remember my mom being around. Um, we grew up, you know, kind of poor. We didn't really have a lot to give, not even the free stuff, not even hugs or love. And so I wasn't really taught love. And I realized 29 years later at the age of 42, when I woke up is when I realized I don't know what love is. I was seeking for love in men. I, I wanted to validate myself in men. And if I didn't have a man, then I wasn't happy. And so what I was doing was finding love outside of everything except for myself. And the suicide thoughts and where I really wanted to take my life in my 30s was, you know, I thought, oh, if I get breast augmentation, which I did, guys will like me. And it was all about finding happiness in others. And I would do things that these men would ask me to do, which ended up hurting my soul in the end, because my body just started becoming this vehicle for sex, basically. And I thought if I give my body to these men, then they're going to love me more. But then that's all I became. (laughs) And so that was really kind of bringing me down even more. And so the suicide and depression just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And in my 30s, I had the the, you know, bottle of Percocet pills, you know, left over from my breast augmentation surgery. And I was going to take it. I had the pills, you know, I was crying like profusely and I just heard something and I don't know, I couldn't make out what it was, but it scared me. And I just put the pills back in. And the very next day I went to go see a therapist and she told me, you know, I told her everything about how I was feeling. And she said, if you take your life, you will break your children. And that just stuck with me because I had four boys. I didn't want broken children. I was a broken child. And I I didn't want to repeat that cycle. So I just, you know, all of those feelings of suicide, just I threw it out the window basically into the universe and said, I don't want that for my life anymore. Wow, that is so powerful. And thank you so much for sharing that. And and I really appreciate your story. And, and, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned this completing the pattern or, you know, the same pattern of, of almost, you know, bring the toxic relationship of your, of your family into your new family or new relationships. And that's so interesting because I think, you know, sometimes we do things in life trying to complete the pattern, but maybe it's in the wrong way. Right. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I thought, you know, my third marriage was where I hit my rock bottom. I call it my rock bottom relationship. Um, he had this 
this illicit fantasy and he wanted me to be a part of it, but I didn't know that I was going to be a part of it until after we got married. And I thought, I've already been through two failed marriages. I have four kids. I have a lot of baggage is what I was always told by people. You know, you have a lot of baggage. No one's going to want you. And so that kind of stuck in my head. And I was like, I have to make this marriage work. But that marriage literally stripped my soul of everything that I had. I, I looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't even recognize myself because I felt so empty and soulless. And that's when I woke up and said, you know what? I'm going to love myself. I'm deserving of love. I'm worthy. And that's when I just woke up and I was like, transform my life. I still had a lot of lessons to learn, but truly like at the age of 45, when I met my husband now, that's when I really said, I'm done with all of the things that I was dealing with in the past. Wow. That's so amazing. Can you tell us more about that moment of like, you're talking about when you woke up, like, can you tell us more kind of uh, what that exact moment was like. Yeah. So, uh, my third husband, the fantasy that he had was basically called cuck holding and he wanted me to make love and with men, strange men in front of him. And I thought it was going to be a one-time thing, but it ended up being an every weekend thing. And so, you know, these random guys would show up to our house and I didn't even know they were coming. And, I was felt I felt like I just needed to do this for him to make him happy. And so the I don't know which encounter it was, it was probably the sixth or seventh. I was only married to him for six months because that was the moment at the hotel where I just looked at myself and I just said, I can't do this anymore because I was going back to that depression suicidal depression like I was slipping backwards and I could feel myself like going there and I already told myself I wasn't going to do that anymore so I knew that I had to get out of the relationship in order to not go back to that place of suicide wow that's that's such a powerful moment and and uh wow it's it's uh I'm curious on like what happened next after after this wake up? I mean, and after the divorce, what was kind of the catalyst for like what were the techniques or what were things that you used in your life to really overcome the the suicidal thoughts and depression? Electromagnetic frequencies or EMFs are affecting your body right now. The World Health Organization reports that EMFs can cause headaches, anxiety, depression, nausea, fatigue, loss of libido, and sleep disturbances. What if you could protect yourself from the EMF fogs and the 5G rollouts? I've been trying products from Essential Vibes and I noticed a huge difference. The live blood tests show that your blood flow increases with less globules. You sleep better, have more balance, and the muscle testing proves this. So go to mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection to learn more. I was so impressed with these products, I had to add this to my natural wellness program. So check out Essential Vibes and go to mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection. That's mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection. Yeah, so what I did was um, I knew that I couldn't leave him willingly because me, myself, I wasn't strong enough. You know, I always was the one that would be persuaded to stay. You know, they would apologize and they would say, oh, you know, I'll, I can love you better. Or, you know, so I started looking for a place. Um 
you know, I didn't tell my husband at the time what I was doing because I knew that I had to be strong. And so I had to find a place for me and my children because otherwise we wouldn't have had a home to live in because I lived with him. And I just started practicing. I, I practiced nature and Buddhism. And so I just started, you know, really affirming what I wanted in my mind and in my heart. And I just found a place to live. I I left him a note on, you know, while he was at work and I said, I can't, you know, this is not working for me anymore. And we had already been through a lot of other problems besides this. So I talk about it in my book. There was a lot of other things that were red flags in the relationship. And I just stayed, you know, I always made excuses for him like, oh, he's having a bad day. Um, But really, truly, he just wasn't, we weren't supposed to be together. Um, I think it was just a lesson I had to learn. It was definitely a lesson to wake up and find self-love for myself. And so I moved to a beach town where I knew nobody because I knew that the ocean healed my soul. And so I went to the this ocean, small ocean town and I lived there for a year and I went to the beach every day and I prayed and I yelled and I cried and, you know, listened to music and because music always lifted up my soul. And so I saw therapists. And so for that whole year, I was by myself and I just learned to love myself. And, you know, I did attract more bad men in my life. I was still learning that lesson. So I, I didn't quite get there yet, but I was closer to the end, which is the end result, which is, you know, finding a, a man that loves me unconditionally, which is my husband now, and loving myself enough to say that this isn't working for me. That's that's so amazing that you went to the ocean to really heal your soul. I mean, it, the ocean is so profound and and healing from just the sound, the feeling, the sand, the water. Mm-hmm. Everything about it is so beautiful. I mean, the water really helps us release more, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, I grew up in Hawaii. I was born in Guam, but raised in Hawaii. So I've always been an island girl. <laughs> so I knew anytime I'm surrounded by bodies of water, any type of like water feature, it just it just makes me happy. And I knew that that was always my happy place. And so that's where I went to heal. And I really did heal there. I, I mean, I, I felt it. I you know felt better about myself. And that's where I gained the strength and the courage that, you know, okay, I have four kids. I'm not broken. I'm not, I don't have baggage. There is a man out there that's going to love me. And more importantly, I didn't give up on love because I was telling myself, maybe I'm not meant to be married. (laughs) Maybe I'm supposed to be single for the rest of my life. And so, you know, I threw those thoughts out and I said, no, I deserve a loving man who loves my children because a lot of the men I dated didn't like my children because it wasn't theirs. So I had to go through that as well. And so it was really tough um, during that time in my life. Yeah. And and can you tell us more about this, this nature in Buddhism? Yeah. So uh, I practice a spiritual religion, which is called nature in Buddhism. And it's, you know, part of uh, Soka Gakkai, which is sgiusa.org. And basically, it's a practice that I was introduced in the 80s. Um, there's a guy that I dated, um, and now writing the book, I know why I was supposed to meet this guy was to be introduced to this beautiful practice. And he was practicing this at the time in the eighties and I didn't know anything about it. He introduced it to me and it's basically a spiritual practice of bringing out 
your internal, your happiness to, for yourself and also for others. So you basically do a prayer and you do this chant, which is Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, and you're chanting for other people's happiness as well as your own. And so it's basically looking in the mirror of how you want your life to be and your true happiness. And so it's just bringing out your true happiness internally. It's basically what this is, practice is about. Wow, that's so amazing. And do you do this in front of the mirror or is this outside in nature connecting with the elements? No, so I have a, um, I set up a little altar in my house and inside a little wooden box, there is a scroll and it's a Japanese um, religion. It's based in Japan and it's a Japanese characters and that's called your Butsudan, which I chant and I do a prayer called Gongyo to this scroll and it's just a bunch of Japanese characters on it. And so that basically is the mirror of your life. And so you're saying your prayer and you're chanting to this as a reflection your is a mirror of your life. And so that's what it's like a self-fulfillment practice for your own internal happiness, as well as to spread it, happiness and love around the world. Wow, that's so beautiful. I love this. And and I'm curious, did you start to feel a shift almost immediately when you got into this prayer chanting, really focusing on this? Did you feel a shift internally in your body, but also like in your life pretty, pretty rapidly? Yeah. So when I started practicing it, it was really for this guy, you know, like, like I was that girl, right? I was like, oh, I'm going to do this because he's doing it. I write about it in my book, that scene from Julia Roberts from Runaway Bride, where she didn't know what eggs she wanted. I was that girl where I didn't know what I wanted. Okay. I like the Niners because you like the Niners. So I was doing the practice to get close to him. And then when we broke up, I realized I, that was making me happy. I was like, so it was working. And so I started practicing for myself and I did see the shift. I saw the shift in my suicidal depression. I, you know, I would cry in front of the Gohanzen when I was chanting and I would just chant, 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 because you can chant for hours, but you're really kind of bringing out that conviction for your life. You know, you repeat mantras in your head, like I am worthy. I'm you know, I want to be happy. I wrote things down in front of in front of it and just kind of chanted with conviction that that I'm going to overcome any obstacle in my life. And I really did transform my life with this spirituality. And I do it today. It's been in and out of my life since the 80s, but I've been doing it a lot more since last year when the pandemic started. And I know why it came back in my life again was because, you know, I was writing this book and it was bringing out all these memories from the memories that I didn't want to remember anymore because they were, you know, sad memories. But this practice helped me finish the book and keep that purpose in my mind that I want to inspire somebody with my story, that they can overcome anything they put their mind to. Wow, that is so, so amazing and, and so resonating for me because I can say in my own healing journey, there is, there is, uh, I had this voice that was always telling me all these negative things, you know, they would just, just berate me. And, and, uh, it was really tough. And I think a lot of people with mental health stuff going on, they, they can relate to that voice. That's just telling them all these bad things. Right. And it, and it was mostly like health. Like, you know, for me, I have really bad health anxiety. And, and I think one of the first things I started in my journey was really, uh, 
like affirmations of like, I'm healthy, safe, and happy. Mm-hmm. And that one really sticks to me even to this day of I'm healthy, safe, and happy. And and it's so powerful to really, you know, not just say the words, but to write them down, to believe them, to really hold them. And, and I guess for me, mm-hmm. I ended up saying them so much that I was saying them in my dreams. And that's when I really had this major shift in my life. Uh, but also mm-hmm. I'm curious about this, uh, this, healing through writing because I've experienced the same thing, but I'm curious how this, how this really helped you out, like writing this book. What was that like? Yeah. So it was very, very cathartic. I, I mean, I initially wrote, started writing because I thought, Oh, now's the time. I didn't even know anything about writing books, but I kind of, you know, I joined the Hay House community. I reached out to authors and I was teaching myself basically how to write a book because whenever I've always been the type of person that when I set a goal, I'm going to finish it. And as I was writing the book, my book is written in four parts. Um, but the third part, which is about the illicit fantasy, this guy had, that was the hardest part. The first and the third part of my book were the hardest parts of my book to write. And the third part actually took me a lot longer because I would write every day for about 30 minutes to an hour. But when I reached the third part of my book, I kind of took a break. I took a week break (laughs) from writing before I actually started writing that part because I knew that I was going to have to bring out these these memories that I didn't want to remember. And, you know, I did drink a couple glasses of wine, you know, I'm not going to lie. I did try to relax my mind and, you know, just kind of turn on my jazz music and I just got through it. I powered through it, but I did cry. I cried. You know, I talked to my husband about it. He's a very, very strong support system. The whole book is, you know, the fourth part's about him and how I found him, how we found each other. And he was there for me the whole entire time. I would read, read what I wrote, you know, that night and, And so I had the understanding of my children as well, um, because, you know, my first two boys was their dad was my first husband. So I just had a lot of support. And I think that's what helped me finish the book as well, too. It's just to keep going. And then also the affirmations, right? I wrote new affirmations for the book and put it in front of my altar and just chanted about it every day and just conditioning my mind like I like I knew what to do. But it was still hard. You know, I still had tears. (laughs) You know, I thought I couldn't cry anymore, but I was still crying about the experiences. And these experiences were like nine years ago, 10 years ago. So. Do you have perfect health? Could you improve your sleep, immune system, or energy levels? What about muscle recovery or detoxing from the fire season? I've been using the essential oils for a few months now, and I've been getting perfect sleep. My immune system is top notch, and I feel amazing. Essential oils are plant allies that support our bodies in a million different ways. On Guard supports your immune system. Lemon helps you detox the heavy metals from the smoke. And the peppermint will release your head tension in seconds. Support your healing journey and go to mountainmindtricks.com essential-oils. Essential oils are hundreds of pounds of pure organic plant material pressed into a tiny amount of liquid, which means the essential oil is a powerful ally. So go to mountainmindtricks.com slash essential-oils. That's mountainmindtricks.com slash essential-oils. Yeah. 
And 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 did you have? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And and thank you so much for sharing this. And and I'm and I'm curious. Was there was there release for you? Was there a lot of um, healing and and actually writing out the the traumatic story? Was that helpful for you? Yeah. So I started meditating as well. I forgot to mention I did meditate because. Um, somebody told me if you meditate, you could release, you know, the pain. And so I, I just, you know, I, I wrote it and I would meditate about it the next morning. I had bad dreams as well. When I was writing the, my book, I, I had bad dreams that night. So I was just trying to like do everything I can to like get through it, get through writing it. And now I could talk about my story without crying. I was crying every single time somebody asked me about what my book was about, I couldn't, my voice would crack. And so now I'm at the point where I'm healed. I forget, I for, I wrote it down in the beginning of this year and I burned it. I burned it in the fire pit and I said, I'm, I'm done. I forgive everything from my past and I'm moving forward. And, you know, I pull angel cards now and my angel cards are telling me you have, you have healed the past. Now it's time for you to move forward. And so I'm getting the messages that I need to get receive and I feel really good. I feel like I have forgiven everybody from my past, even my parents. I had to forgive my parents. That's so beautiful. And, and yeah, writing a letter and burning it, that is just so powerful, isn't it? I mean, it's truly transformative, right? Yeah. I joined uh, Gabby Bernstein. I don't know if you know who she is, but I felt I did her 21 day manifestation challenge starting January 1st. And I had my kids do it. I had my husband do it. But at the stroke of midnight, um, New Year's Eve, you know, the next day at midnight, we burned it in the fire pit because that's what she said to do. And it really did help a lot. <laughs> yeah. So powerful. That's, I love that practice. It's something I've done before as well. And, and, and for me too, like the writing of, uh, of events or things in the past, it's so healing and so powerful and it feels empowering as well to overcome it, but then also share that with others and, and help them in some way. Right. I mean, that's, that is somewhat of the, like the point of the book, right. Is to help others relate to, they can overcome yes. anything if you can. Right. Yeah. And I also want I know that there's probably other people out there that feel like sexuality, like women have to, you know, or men, you know, that you have to give your body to people that don't deserve it to have them love you. Like, I'm here to tell you, I did that my entire life for 29 years. And you don't have to do that. My husband loves me unconditionally with or without sex. He loves me for me and he loves me for my brains and he loves me for my personality. All the other qualities that you have, like a person has, it's not just a sexual thing. You don't, women especially don't need to feel like I need to do this for this man because, you know, he's going to love me more. That doesn't work. <laughs> I'm just here to tell you. So, you know, I, I, I came out from behind my book. I was going to originally do a pen name because I was so shameful of the things that I've done in my past. Um, but I knew that if I came out from behind my book and just came out and vulnerable with everybody, I feel like more people will come out and write a book or, you know, share their story or get out of a relationship that doesn't serve them. And they think that it, you know, that that's their, the end of the road, you know, <laughs> So that's mainly the purpose of writing my book. Yeah, that's so powerful to be so vulnerable and and uh, 
it's it's extremely powerful to other people that are in a similar situation and i just appreciate your story so much because there's so much learning for so many people to have through your story and and uh and tell me more about the affirmations is that something you still continue to this day and and how are you using them now Yes. So I religiously do it every morning. Um, Sometimes I do it probably throughout the day. Just depends on how I'm feeling that day. But for sure, first thing in the morning, Louise Hay has always been somebody with Hay House, like the whole Hay House. I support Hay House 100%. But that like Louise Hay, when I started following her, when I was really depressed, you know, years ago, her affirmations has really saved my life. I feel like she's really transformed my life. And I have her calendar, the daily calendar on my counter. I have her heart thought cards, which is the deck of cards, which is 64 affirmations. And every week I pull a card and, you know, now I've discovered, you know, they got a lot of apps. So there's like the secret app. And so there's just so many resources out there to, to like, first thing you do when you wake up is, do something positive for yourself, you know, do something for self-love, self-care for yourself, because if you can't do it for yourself, how are you going to do it for others? And so that's what really, I do it every single day. Um, first thing when I wake up. Oh, I love that. And, and, uh, really, oh, it's so true. We have to really dig deep and do things for ourselves before we can help others. It's, it's just, that's one of the lessons I've learned as well. It's like, wow, I really have to take care of myself before I can do anything in, in, in my uh, work that I do. And it's, it's so important to have that self-care piece, isn't it? And, and sometimes I feel like there's this idea that self-care equals self-love and I think they're related, but I'm curious, what do you think? Are they different? Are they similar? What is that like self-care and self-love? I think it could be similar, but I always kind of separate the two. Like right now I'm doing a 28 day, uh, self-care and self-love challenge for everyone. Um, you know, not that many people participating, but you know, I'm doing it for myself, you know, every day, every morning I call like meditation as a form of self-care, you know, brushing your teeth, you know, taking a shower. Like I think the maintenance type stuff, for your soul is more self-care. And then self-love is like, to me, would be like eating my soy delicious ice cream that I love so much, or, you know, a glass of Cabernet wine or a glass, you know, just something that makes me feel happy. And that's kind of how I practice it. But I think it's probably one and the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awesome. And, and the, the self-love is, it's critical in manifesting relationships, isn't it? Yes, uh, for sure. Because I, like I said, when I didn't love myself, I was attracting people in my life of the way that I felt about myself inside. And I hated myself. I used to say negative things about myself. I would look at myself in the mirror and say, oh my gosh, you know, your hair is ugly. Your your nose is big. You know, who's going to want you? Like that was in my head all the time. Who's going to want you? Or I'm such an idiot. I used to say that a lot. I'm such an idiot. I'm so stupid. And I realized what I was doing. I don't say any of those things anymore. When the negative thoughts start coming, I just reverse it and say, I am loved. I am beautiful. You know, I'll write it down. It's on my mirror. I'm ready to learn through love. And now I'm practicing on when somebody upsets me, I just send them love. You know, I just want them to be happy. I I chant for their happiness. Um, But I try to just release the negativity and I'm doing it a lot faster now, now that I'm 
on a higher vibrational awakening with these, these meditations I'm doing and I'm connecting with the angelic realm. I want to be a certified angel guide. There's just more things that I want to do where it's like higher spirituality. Cause I really feel like when you're vibrating at that high energy, then the negativity is just like gone. Like it's there, but you can overcome it faster. Yeah. It's so powerful in the, the, the way you're describing kind of the negative self-talk and then automatically reversing. And I think that's so key of, you know, for, for all the people that have gone through the journey or that are in the journey, or they're just starting their healing journey. It's those negative thoughts that we have, like that voice I was talking about earlier. It's, it's, uh, you know, sometimes negative thoughts do come up, but for me, it's like, I've trained myself to automatically put in a positive affirmation right there. It's like, Oh, that was negative. Nope. We're going to positive. And it all comes down to choosing the moment and choosing the thought. Right. And also I think it takes so much focus and determination to really like be determined to change our thoughts, doesn't it? Yeah. And also a, a, a wise person told me a long time ago when I was starting out affirmations, when you get a negative thought in your head, just say, cancel, cancel, you know, or stop, you know, and if you just say it out loud, like I used to say that cancel, cancel, like that thought would just go away. And even today, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm, nobody's perfect, but I know how to condition my mind, just like what you said. I know what to do when those negative thoughts start coming or when I'm pissed off at someone for hurting my feelings. Like I know how to turn that around now. And that's like the most powerful thing you could do for yourself. It's just, you know, you know that one thing, like you cannot control other people's behavior. You can only control your own actions. And that's what I keep in my head a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And I want to go back to what you're talking about, about forgiveness and forgiving forgiving everybody in your life was really healing for you. And, and how do you practice forgiveness now? Yeah. So forgiveness now, um, you know, I just had a recent experience where, um, somebody that I trusted, um, hurt me just recently in January. And, um, those feelings of abandonment came back, you know, and I thought I was healed from all that, but it, it was a trigger point for me. And, all I did was just, you know, after the tears and after, you know, why is she doing this to me? You know, I was trying, I went back to that victim mode. I kind of just said, you know what, maybe there's something going on in her life that I don't know about. Maybe I triggered something in her that she needs to work on in herself. And maybe I'm a teacher and she's a teacher for me. So when I put all those things in my head and said, I'm going to send her love because that's probably what she needs right now that really helped me like forgive and move on. I was probably over it in a day <laughs> because normally I'd sulk in my misery for a week, you know, and be like, Oh, you know, and curse their name. But this time I just let it go. And I said, everything happens for a reason. The universe is delivering exactly what I'm asking. And I just need to trust the process. Oh, that's so awesome. And, and, uh, the, yeah, the idea of forgiveness, I think it sounds almost like this compassion and gratitude comes in and kind of replaces the hurt, right? Yes. I'm, I live in a place of gratitude. I try to do that every day. Grateful for even the warm shower. When I take a shower, I always say, thank you universe for this warm shower. Cause there's some people that don't even have clean running water and we're just so, I'm so blessed with everything that I have in my life. Yeah, it's so true. And and that gratitude and compassion, it just, 
like you're talking about, it really raises our vibration. I, I feel like faster than any other emotion, like the gratitude, the compassion, the unconditional love for others. I mean, it's just so powerful. Those three emotions, aren't they? Yes. Very, very powerful. And, and is there anything else you want to talk about today? Have I asked you, have I not asked you a question that you would like to talk? No, I think you've, you've hit every single point that I wanted to hit on. And, you know, basically just to tell everyone, you know, if you're going through tough times or you don't think that you're going to make it, just try to change your mindset and get help. There's so many resources out there, people you could talk to, you know, people that are not going to judge you and just talk to somebody and just know that you can get through it. You know, I'm living proof that I'm still here. I, I wouldn't be here right now if I took my life in my 30s, you know, and I wouldn't be sharing my message. And I feel like our message needs to get out about mental health because there's it's it's such a thing, like a high thing right now, even in young kids. And it just breaks my heart that people think they're alone. You know, you're not alone. Somebody said that to me the other day and I started crying because this whole time I was going through depression before I thought I was alone but you're not alone. There's people that can help you. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much help out there and so many different avenues. There's so many healers out there and professionals that, uh, you know, anybody listening that's dealing with mental health, please reach out. And, and, uh, I'm curious, is there, uh, where can people get a hold of you, Lauren, and how can they find the book and all those things? Yeah. So my website right now, I, my book is on pre-order. Uh, it releases in April. Um, it's freeingyourheartforlove.com. And if you go to my website, you can see all my social media handles at the top to find me on social media. Um, I have two Instagram pages, which is full of inspiration and positivity. So if you want to feel inspired and just watch funny videos, just follow me on Instagram. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I'm trying to get my story out there more. And I just want to thank you, Thomas, for having me on this podcast um, and allowing me to share on your platform. Oh, thank you so much for coming because your story is so important and so powerful. And, and we just got to talk about mental health. I mean, almost daily at this point, it's, it's uh, a major ramification of, of modern society. And it's just been amplified in the pandemic times. And it's, it's uh, so important, so important. So thank you. And I appreciate your story. And do you have any last final thoughts or anything that you want to um, end with? Um, you know, I pulled, so I have uh, the Universe Has Your Back deck of cards, which is by Gabby Bernstein. And the one I choose, chose today was I choose love no matter what. So just wanted to end with that. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for your story and uh, for everybody listening. I hope you just took something from this, took some value, have just a little more motivation to find some help or to talk about your peers or to talk to people about mental health because it's so important. And uh, for everybody listening, I just, whatever you think you are, you are so much more than that. And I just encourage you to go out there and find your sacred ancestry. <laughs>